And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is Monday, the best day of the week. Well, maybe not for everybody, but it is for me because Ari Wasserman is joining us on the podcast, and that always makes my Monday brighter, and I hope it makes yours brighter too. Uh, we have some fun stuff to get to with Ari. If you now, the last time Ari and I were on together. The Supreme Court decision had just come down, so we had to talk about that, and that pretty much dominated everything. But if you remember the time before that when Ari was on, we had some very important conversations about dad life, home life, chores, stuff guys have to learn how to do, and Ari was about to go mow the lawn for the first time in his life. And now I've done it so twice. We have, wow. So we have an update. We have, you know, some more stuff. I, I did a dad life thing that that I probably should have learned how to do when I was a teenager, and and successfully completed that. So I'm I'm very happy about that. But we, we'll get to that in a bit. But first, I want to talk to Ari about something going on in the world of college football because Ari covers recruiting. This is a this is very much a recruiting story. This Arizona State stuff, which Doug Haller from the Athletic has done a phenomenal job covering the story. He and Bruce Feldman have broken every bit of news about it. And basically, Arizona State being investigated by itself and by the NCAA because there are quite a few accusals of, of infractions, but one of the things that, that they are accused of that I think kind of rubs most coaches the wrong way is that they were bringing players into their complex during the pandemic dead period, which... Basically, the NCAA said you can't have prospects on campus. You can't bring them on unofficial visits. You can't bring them on official visits. They can't be in your complex during the pandemic. And they they finally relented on that the beginning of June. So basically from the middle of March 2020 through June 2021, you could not have anybody in your complex. And according to what we've heard about Arizona State, they had – Quite a few people in their complex, which when every other coach in America is like, okay, it's probably a bad idea if we do this, but if anybody does this, I want them hammered. It's not a good spot to be in if you're Arizona State. Yeah, I, I think that with all the conversations that I've had with recruiting coordinators across all conferences and all levels across the country, um, during this time, some people were all for it. Like, you know, we're happy that this is happening. Public safety is number one. Um, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to harm the players in our program, our staff, or even the kids visiting. Some people, uh, you know, were less enthused because they thought that, you know, there were safe ways to do it and ways to, you know, let these kids have the, the most uh, information before making and signing, uh, making a decision and signing with the program. But the one thing that everybody universally agreed on was that they're all in it together. You know, so I think that there's a sense of um, 
resentment from some people who are reading this thinking, hey, not only did you cheat, but you did the one thing that none of us were able to do. And, you know, I've had some discussions with recruiting coordinators about this in the time since some people, you know, texted it to me out of nowhere. Some people wanted to bring it up. And I think it almost feels uh, like betrayal. And that, that, that sounds kind of funny because, you know, everybody in the country always assumes that everybody else is doing something that they're not doing. I think that's a universal fact. But in this scenario, it would have been borderline impossible or, or hard to fathom that anybody would do this. So the fact that they have, you know, you know, been accused of doing this, and it seems like they have, you know, there's also this like feeling of how could you possibly do this from other people and their peers? Well, and, right. you know, it's, it's intense. I think the other schools, if you, if you asked recruiting coordinators, if you asked coaches at the other schools, they would rather them hand them a like old school bag of money with the dollar sign on that's it. That's less offensive to them. Right. Right. Than do this. Like that's, they're more offended than they are anything else. And I think, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let's, I'm offended as someone who wrote the rule book on on how to do this on on cheating for dummies back at my old job like this is the stupidest thing you could have ever done how yeah. uh, they they have cameras everywhere on those in those buildings you you don't have control necessarily over what those cameras capture and the funniest thing about it too Andy is if you're not going to be smooth about it then have the payoff you know it, it the, I'm not trying to come down on on what they did, I guess, uh, from a production standpoint. But here's the here's the reality of it: they're going to get in a lot of trouble if this all comes through. And if you go back and you look at their 2021 class, they finished number 52 nationally. You know, and it was a small class, and they had 13 signees, and I think nine or 10 transfers came into the program. But number 52 overall, without a single top 100 player, you know, signed. And then if you go over and you look into the 2022 class right now, the program only has what, four, five commits, five total commits, 49 overall nationally. So it's not like they're all of a sudden turning into some recruiting juggernaut uh, that had some crazy uh, advantage by having a few kids on campus during a time when nobody else could. Like, And it's like, what was the thought process there? If we give them a tour of our facilities and nobody else can, they're just going to automatically choose us? Like, it, it just seems to me to, to, to be, A, something that you it's impossible to get away with, and two, the benefits of what could occur as a result of it don't come close to outweighing the negatives that are going to come with it. Cause people are going to probably lose their jobs on this. Well, and, and that's the part I can't understand is what did you think was going to happen? Did you think nobody was going to turn you in? And, and remember, this is a program where there are a lot of people who have gotten sideways, who thought they were going to get jobs or didn't, or uh, have gotten crosswise with, with Antonio Pierce, who is a, you know, kind of, Herm's right-hand man, and I mean, what did you think was going to happen? You know, what what I always said uh, when I wrote that cheating for dummies thing is it basically the gist of everything other than always pay cash is keep everybody happy. They did a lousy job of keeping everybody happy, and when there's something that is so easily proven, you have no shot. And I don't know, Ari, you tell me. Because I think back, I think back to that Oregon case when they had Will Lyles. Basically, they were saying he was a scouting service and paying him with a university issued check to deliver prospects to them. What is it? The schools that that are new at this that are just so bad at it. Is it because you've you've never done it before, or it's not ingrained in the culture that you just become terrible at it, or you're just you're just learning? I guess. 
uh, I think part of it is arrogance. You know, I, I think a lot of times too, you you think that you're able to do things that other people can't just because you are who you are. You know, and that's obviously not the case too. A lot of you know big name people have gone down hard for things far less serious than this. And the other thing too that you have to take into account. Um, and I'm I'm not trying to speak for whoever decided to do this, but this is just like as trying to internalize it myself, trying to think why. I came up with this theory. During the pandemic, there were two types of people. There were people um, who stayed at home, followed every single ordinance, uh, didn't go out, you know, got their food delivered, and, and did everything according to the letter of the law. And then there were the other types of people who thought the whole thing was a scam, you know. And I feel like there were certain recruits and families who were in the scam section, you know, right? And they just wanted and, they just wanted they to just, have a normal recruitment, and yeah, exactly. And you know, weren't necessarily concerned about the potential risks of catching coronavirus. And I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. I'm not trying to turn this into a political discussion, but I feel like if you are a coach who's trying to get a a kid to committed to your program, and you're a coach who doesn't necessarily take the potential health risks of coronavirus and the public safety risks of coronavirus as seriously as others, then a one way to prove to a prospect that's on that side of the fence with you is to do this. But at the same time, it's just like in today's world where you can get in a lot of trouble for saying something that gets struck the wrong way publicly, Mm -hmm. um, completely doing something, whether you agree with it or not, that spits in the face of public safety I think is a really bad move. And it's just like, if you've get found to be completely guilty of the things that they're being accused of right now in the current climate of the country, uh, in terms of just like being politically correct and not saying the wrong thing and doing what's right and having empathy and all the things that are important, this is going to be a really, really bad look, you know? And, and it's funny because two weeks ago when we were talking about some of the old scandals, quote unquote scandals that happened in college football, this in my opinion, would seem far more serious than paying somebody a thousand dollars, because not only are you doing that, you're you're kind of stabbing everybody else that's in the same boat as you in the back. You're spitting on the idea of how important it is that other people remain safe during a global pandemic, and you're doing things that nobody else is even attempting to do, and you're not even doing anything to cover it up. So, like, I I don't know. Sometimes I think uh NCAA scandal is stupid and sometimes i think some of the things that happen are dumb as i'm sure you can attest to i think certain things that people get in trouble too but, when but it comes here's, to here's the deal with it Ari i've been as critical of a lot of the NCAA's rules as anyone and the public has turned on the NCAA uh they just lost a supreme court case 9 to nothing so clearly their rules are not popular that said they still exist they can still enforce them if they'd like, you know, especially like this rule is not going to court and get overturned. Like you were supposed to follow it. So you can say, well, you know, Andy and everybody else say that, that you shouldn't do You shouldn't worry about those rules. Okay. But you have to, if you work for a school, like it still matters. They can still yeah. do stuff to you. And, and especially in this situation where if you had players who did not ultimately sign with you, who signed somewhere else, all an NCA investigator has to do is go in and say, all right, son, if you would like to play completely unfettered, no problems with your eligibility whatsoever, you just tell us what happened. If you would like to not talk to us, then you will take your eligibility. And guess what that person's going to say? Yep, I was in the complex. Yep, here's what we did. And 
you're you're cooked. Yeah. And then these are only a few of the of the allegations too. I mean, there's other allegations of uh, about buying these are the ones that are the things. most offensive to the yeah. rest of the college football yes, community. These are the ones. These are the ones that I think people are going to say. How could you be so inconsiderate of everybody else? And I think once you put yourself in that box, whether you agree with that sen- sentiment or not, you're in a bad place. Period. Yeah, because one one of the other accusations is is bringing a player to the Las Vegas Bowl to recruit. Mm-hmm. And by the way. I'm not sure I'd want to sign with a program after I just watched it lose to Fresno State in the Las Vegas Bowl, but hey, that's just me. But they were in Vegas. They were in Vegas, losing to <laughs> Fresno State. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. There's a, there's a lot here. And it's just like the thing, too, is just the, uh, the, the concept of cheating, and I think where we're probably going to kind of weave into here is like, what's cheating going to look like in the world of NIL? But I don't know that cheating is as effective as a whole as people think it is. And you know, and I think that the normal I, I agree with that. the normal thing is, uh, oh, five star commit chooses program X. Then all the comments from people who don't root for program X is that program is cheating, and it's just like I don't know what people think is happening, but I don't know that anybody has won a national championship based on cheating only. You know, it, it, you might get a kid here or a kid there, but you don't build a successful program by having visits during a time when you're not supposed to be having visits. You don't build a successful program by paying a kid's family uh, here or there. Like It's just not the way it works. The, the way it works is being successful, developing once those kids are in programs, being a superior coaches when it comes to you know, being able to formulate a plan, not just a game plan, but a, pr- a plan for your program as a CEO would do for their company, and, and doing it over the course of time and illustrating that you're a superior uh, coach to others. So it's just like these types of things to me, and I'm, I'm not involved in this, so I don't know what, what the psychology is from a coach who is participating in these sort of things, but the juice, in my opinion, is fairly always never worth the squeeze. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With NIL coming in, you have a situation where what used to be considered illegal, which would be anyone giving the player money once they're in school. Because this is this is more like the agent giving the player money once they've already proven they're good. Where the, that has nothing to do with the school. Like the schools would get in trouble for stuff like that, but that didn't have anything to do with the school. That's an agent trying to get the player to sign with the agent when the player goes to the NFL. And now you've got a situation where people can be rewarded for doing well at their school by people who like their school as long as they're paid market value, which, you know, there are certain things that you can, you can have a pretty big sliding scale on what market value is, you know, whether it's autograph signings, whether it's a club appearance, I, the, the club hosting thing could be a, could be a boom for some players. And then you've got other things like they're, you know, they can monetize YouTube channels. They can, they, they have Twitch streams, which you can tip yourself. Like monetizing YouTube channel, you need a real audience to watch that. And you right. can't like somebody can't program a bot to watch your YouTube channel over and over because Google's going to sniff that out really quick. Um, but with Twitch, where you can just physically tip, or what? Is, who's to say that a player can't flash his cash tag and a bunch of people? Who's going to track that? I mean, I that's agree. something that could have been done before NIL and has nothing to do really with NIL. Officially, I think that would still be cheating, but that would be very difficult to to deal with. But they have ways now where they can just do it starting July 1st. And I think we we have to help everybody reprogram their brains about what is and, and what isn't cheating. Like what I keep, what I've always asked people is, do you think, it's immoral to pay someone for being good at football because that is what the NCAA has told us for decades and decades. It's not immoral to pay somebody for being good at football. And so if someone's football fame or softball fame or volleyball, fame, whatever fame gains them an audience and you pay them to promote your product or to show up at your, your club or to host your apartment complex pool party. By the way, that's going to be a huge one for the football players. Yeah. Huge. They would have done it those, for those, free and now they're going to get paid for it. Those college complexes too are all about getting people to their pool at Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, you can tell the guys who went to school at, in Southern States, <laughs> like it, it is, that's exactly right. And those guys would have done that for free before and now they'll get paid for it. But it's, that won't be cheating. That will be perfectly okay. And so you need to reprogram your brain to forget about that. Well, give people an example of what would be against the rules. Because I think there's a general thought process that as long as, that they can just get paid for everything now. Like, can you walk into Ruby Tuesday's burger bar and have somebody pay for your meal? You probably can't. Still, I don't think they'll care if they do. Yeah, because it's like once the door is open, it's open. Because all the all you're gonna have to do is tweet that you were there, and you can say that was I made a deal. But it's like if any, like I remember when I was, um, I said tweet. They they would put it on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, when I was um, when I was on the Ohio State beat, there was no work area in the building for. 
reporters. There used to be, but there wasn't anymore. Where there was like a room where we could set up. So there was a McDonald's a half a mile away from the building that we used to go. Everybody would go work at because it was the closest place you could sit down and get Wi-Fi and get your stories up. And players used to come in there all the time. And I used to watch people as they would go up to the counter. And, and times, you know, people have offered players, hey, can I buy your burger or whatever? And I never saw anybody accept that. But it's wow. like, I used to think, like, how dumb is this? The burgers are like $6. And it's just like, he yeah. can't have somebody pay for his lunch. And it's like, now now they still technically can't, right? So, like, well, it's they, just they like, we're trying. They have a deal with the restaurant to, to put it on Instagram that they were there. But... But dude who works at an insurance agency who loves Ohio State football can't go pay for the guy's lunch without receiving anything in return, right? That's technically against the Correct. rules regardless Correct. of how. And, and the, so it's like trying to fit everything in. It's like as we talk about this world of like what is cheating, they can get compensated for certain things, but they can't get compensated for others. And I think the biggest challenge of that is going to be able to funnel which ones are permissible and which ones aren't. And like, well, honestly here's speaking, the big I don't one. think this it's is, worth tracking. Who I, Who cares? Like, this I, don't, is, I don't even this know why, big I, why you would care. Uh, well, that I don't know why you would care. But the big one is they don't want sums of money going to people or deals going to people, all, you know, above market deals going to people in exchange for signing with a certain school. That's what's written into most of the state laws. That's what it will definitely be written into whatever federal law they make. That's the one they're most worried about. And I've said the same thing. I've said, okay. Why are you worried? about? And my thinking on this is market related. I think if this, let's say you didn't police that for a little while and you just let it go. I think, oh, initially people would do it a lot. You'd see a lot of people paying kids to go to a certain school. I think it would, it would peter out over time because especially with the transfer rules, the way they are, your investment goes up in smoke. If that person transfers after a year. You paid for nothing. And I don't know that these rich people who didn't get rich by being stupid are going to just keep paying over and over for guys who are just going to leave. And I think that the biggest I, question a, is, is I, how rich are the boosters we're talking about? Well, it's like right. in certain I've places. Yeah. I've had ADs tell me like, yeah, yeah a billionaire is not going to care. They're, they're going to throw another 50, 75 grand at a person and they'll just do that. Maybe, but I don't know if they will. It's going to become, wouldn't you, okay, wouldn't it be more efficient, I think is the right term for it, if you kicked in a deal that is permissible under the rules to someone who played really well, I mean, heck, it could have been the first two games of their freshman year that they played well, but then you kicked in a deal that is permissible, or if if you're reading your websites and the coaches are saying, well, this dude, he's not playing yet, but he looks really good. That's when you kick in the deal that is within the rules that makes that guy some money. And he's like, okay, I like being here. This is great. So maybe he doesn't transfer if he's not playing as much as he, he thinks. Or it becomes known that this is a program where if you have one or two good games, you are going to be able to benefit mightily from something that will not get you in any trouble at all. But you can definitely skirt around the other thing too. It's kind of just like, uh, you can't give somebody a sum of money so that they pick the school that you're going to. But if you're a, a coach or uh, somebody who's recruiting this person, you can say, "Listen, the second you get on campus, you're going to have a deal with the with the with the local Chevy dealership." You can't and it's promise like, to that. me. 
But that's the same thing. And that's going to happen all. I don't know how you could possibly police what will happen. Telling somebody what's going to happen and illustrating what will happen is the same thing, in my opinion, as well. Them. I'll tell I'll tell you how, Ari. It's the same example I gave for Arizona State. And, and here's the thing. Coaches shouldn't be promising that, especially if they can't deliver it. So if you have a prospect who's at school A and the coach at school A says, you're going to have a deal with the Ford dealership. There'll be an F-150 for you to drive as soon as you get here. It's going to be a trade swap. You'll be in some commercials and stuff. And then prospect the prospect goes to school B instead of school A. Guess what? The NCAA investigator go, did they promise you this? Oh, by the way, we'll take your eligibility if you don't tell us the truth. But I know, but there's like a guy fine line. Between, yes, they did. There's a, there's a fine line between um, being promised something and saying, here's the deal. All you have to do is sign on it and saying, here's what's going to happen. Or here's what has happened in the Here, previous here's four the, here's classes. Here's the deal, Ari. You don't even have to say that if you're a coach. Once the system's up and running. You don't have to say that. When that player is on his official visit or on an unofficial visit, your players will tell him that. Here's what I'm getting. Here's what that guy's getting. Here's how it works. The coach doesn't even have to make a promise. It's just funny to me because you keep seeing all these press conferences and, and press releases of so-and-so is working with open doors. Here's how we're going to help you monetize your Twitter and whatever. And it's just like, mm -hmm. that's only like probably half of what the potential of this could be. You know, I think everybody knows that they can make money online and doing all the videos and the, yeah, the no, YouTube channels and the, stuff. and the protein powder. There yeah. is going to be physical stuff. And I know that the only thing, the only point I'm trying to make is that once you open the door a crack, it can get slammed through and it's going to be increasingly hard to track when promises were made, what is going to happen during the recruiting process. And there is going to be a major financial aspect now that doesn't that didn't technically exist now where people are going to be like well why would i go to city a when they have 10 dealerships for cars when i can go to city b that has 38 dealerships you know well, you know and you car know dealership is city, always you know what the problem with city b is ari city b's got a major league baseball team and an nfl team not in all cases i live not in, city in all b. cases I, I know you're talking about Columbus, Ohio, and you could be yeah. talking about Austin, Texas. Right. You could be talking about Austin, some other Texas. places. But in the mo in most cases, like if you're Miami, if you're Georgia Tech, if you're USC, that doesn't help you that much because you're dealing with NFL teams, NBA teams, Major League Baseball yeah. teams, and, and you are not the biggest show in town. Now, you know, you know where I think that would be very helpful? A place where they need that help. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. I think Fayetteville, Arkansas is a place where that would be very helpful. Yeah, I think that I think that all these it, it, I'm not trying to say that what you're saying is wrong. So I don't want you to to take this as me disagreeing with you. You can say I'm wrong all the time. I, I know does. I will, but I agree with you in this in this specific instance. I, I'm just saying that rule of you can't compensate a player to go to a college is kind of a flimsy rule because people will be able to to sift through where they can make the most and make their decisions based on that anyway. So what's yeah. the, what's the point of the rule? Is it just so that, be very, so that a very booster doesn't say, here's a hundred grand just to sign your name? Mm -hmm. I think That's it'd be very thing. difficult to enforce. But I also think, Ari, that it's it wouldn't change anything. Let's say they didn't have that rule. Let's say that wasn't part of the rule and you could just pay anybody. I don't think it would change who goes where very much. I don't either. No, I don't. I think this is great. 
I just think that certain aspects of the rule, because the, the, the discussion we're trying to have here, Andy, is what is cheating going to look like now? So is cheating going to look like here's a bag? Is it going to be the same old cheating as before where school A gives somebody a bag with the, the money sign on it to just sign or with the, the dollar sign on it? <laughs> yeah, like the old cartoon bank bag. The duffel bag. Well, when it, when it, you know, the duffel bag is the is the common thing. The duffel bag with some cash in it. Will the so duffel still bag still be happen? A thing? I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't make happen. any sense. Why would it? Well, because like the hardest thing, and we talk about it all the time here. What's the hardest thing about being a coach? Is it about coaching the kids and putting them in the best positions to win, or is it getting them? So if you're still saying that getting them is off the table when it comes to this sort of thing, then you're still going to have to like the hardest thing is to sign that signature on the on the national letter of intent. So if that is apparently going to be against the rules and they can't be compensated until they arrive, then you're still going to have rumors of cheating in recruiting. Yeah, whether and, and they might not be as fans as, of as fans of teams that can't win the national title will always say that the teams that can are cheating, and you know your rival will always be cheating, and your coaches will always be virtuous angels who never. But let's talk about, and maybe this is a bad example. Drive, but Arch Manning comes from money, so maybe this isn't the best example. But yeah, Arch Manning is the most. About it. You know, I know, but let's just use. Let's just say Arch Manning came from a low income family. Okay, because that will happen again. You know, we could use Terrell Pryor for an example. You know, somebody who is an all-world talent who went through the recruiting process and is the most anticipated recruit for multiple years because he's insanely good. What would be cheating to get that person? Well, And how will his recruitment look like in 2030? Yeah, anything – 2030 is interesting. So under the rules as they're written – Anything that is just sort of quid pro quo, I give you this, you sign here, is going to be illegal. But nine years from now, I'm very curious to see what that looks like. Because I think the longer this goes, the more permissive it gets. Because people just stop worrying about it. I, you know, I, I think everybody has been like, well, how? what's it going to do? How's it? I think the other piece of it that, that influences us, Ari, and this has nothing to do with the rules discussion. This is just sort of coincidence that this happened this way it's never been more lopsided in terms of talent distribution in college football it has never been more lopsided so i think a lot of people are looking at it and going well it can't really be any worse so if you dramatically change the rules maybe it'll get better yeah i just like don't know what arch manning from low means does right now as a 17 year old kid yeah, because you still want the thing now as opposed to the promise of the thing in a few months. Now, you could stretch It's also your, completely ridiculous, too, to say that Arch Manning as a high school player can't monetize his Twitter. Anybody oh, and, and should be able high, to monetize anything. The high school associations are going to have to change their rules because the high school players absolutely should be. I mean, there's a, there's a basketball recruit right now in the class of 2023 who has 3 million Instagram followers. He should be able to do sponsored posts right now. It's like, what if LeBron post- was a freshman in high school right now? Yeah. Well, that's what, uh, so a sponsored post from a guy with 3 million Instagram followers, which by the way is more than Zion had, mm-hmm. is worth fifty to $65,000 on the open. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a basketball player, a football player, a musician, a yeah, movie star. Just, if or you just have a random dude who has Instagram 3 million followers. followers. Right, yeah. Right. That's what it's worth. So that guy should be able to, you know, if, if some 
all the clothing companies that, that like the gym clothes that target me on Instagram every time I go on there. Like if one of those wants to pay him 50 grand to come out draped in their stuff and, and take a photo or a video and post it, he should be able to. That's what it's worth. That's because market value. recruits are increasingly more and more famous now than they were five years ago. They, yeah. I, I would say that there has been a renaissance in college football fandom where people who didn't care about recruiting now are starting to care about it. I think, I think being a, a recruiting freak in 2012 made you a super fan who was obsessed with their program. And I think now following recruiting, um, as part of being a fan is more mainstream necessity. This is, this is exactly what we talked about after the Supreme court decision. Ari, remember talent acquisition is the most followed thing in sports, NBA free agency, NFL draft and free agency. It's stuff people really are interested in because it provides hope. Just like you said, you were the one who said that, but it's also it's all crazy to me that they, they, they were ignored by a large portion of fan bases five, six, seven years ago. And I think now that kind of icky because they're 16 and 17 year olds. I know it does. Imagine what it's like. I mean, the hardest part for me in my job is texting a 16 year old. Like I understand like talking to, to they, they are kids, you know, it's a hard thing to do, but that is what they are as public figures. And they just happen to be younger. And I think there's a general understanding from every college football fan now based on on the abundance of coverage of it that this is as important to your college team as the NFL draft is to your NFL team. And it's like way behind the curve. This should have been realized 15 years ago, you know, and, and back in the days when people used to write recruiting magazines and send them out in the mail. You know, it's like people used people, to call 1-900 numbers. This is really before your time. Yeah, people no, would call I know. and pay by the minute to hear recruiting information. Now, Ari, I was thinking one one thing you were talking about the the idea of give me the money now to commit or to sign versus the the idea of waiting till I get on campus. I think the early signing period plus early enrolling has changed the math on that too, though, because you can you can stretch your decision out to the end of the December signing period, and by the time you sign, you're like eleven days away from being on campus. So you. You really could, if you're a school, get away with not handing the, the the duffel bag out. Like you could do it completely within the new rules, as long as that person's willing to trust you for 11 days. I also think too, though, that these prospects are, you know, there's two types of prospects. There's ones like, for instance, JT Tuimalau right now, who. Um, has stretched his decision out way past his entire class is signed, and we're six months past them signing, and he's still not, you know, right. Signed. He could now he could pick a but school he and be on tweet. campus tomorrow. If I know, but he to. doesn't tweet. He doesn't do. He only interviews with one person. He doesn't make this about himself. And then there are other types of recruits that aren't like him, who know how to play the game, and they know how to. Georgia fans retweet me. Let's see how much love I can get from the Georgia fan base. Uh, and then the next week, Florida fans do that. And then we'll see how many Florida fans. Can. But what they're doing is, is they're building their Instagram followings and their brands. And I think that as this stuff continues to move forward, these 16, 17, 18 year old prospects are going to become more and more seasoned and how to, to financially benefit from being in the public eye, even before they step on campus. So, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, when we get to the point where, NIL is fully in, in effect, there is going to be a financial aspect to recruitments one way or the other, 
right? We can agree on that. And I, and I think absolutely, that even if it's, the, even if it's not a direct violation of the rules, if it's completely within the rules, that recruit is going to study how the fan base at a certain school reacts, what type of deals players at that school get. Right. They, they will study that. It will be and, it'll and be every bit as much a part will of it be provided as, to them. Believe me. as the NFL draft stuff. I mean, they, they look at that stuff. They look at the everything. And the more information that's at their fingertips, the better. The thing that I think is just odd is putting a clock on when they can earn it. It's just funny to me because that'll be the next thing that goes out the window because you can't, you can't say, well, you deserve to get money. The Supreme Court thinks that it's insane that you're part of these teams and these programs and you're not earning a dime. Oh, but by the way, you can't make it until you've arrived on campus. And it's just like yeah, you can't I, tell an adult, especially the 18-year-olds who haven't gotten on campus yet, when or when they can't make money. Like that's the next thing that's going to go through the window. It might take 10 years. It might take 20. But it's not going to be something that that you can cap for a long time. And I understand I, that you have to try to come up with a way to prevent somebody from saying, here is amount of money just to sign that signature. But there is very negligible difference to me between giving somebody a check or giving them money to go to a school and then also having the information of here's what you can earn once you get there at their fingertips. It's the same thing. When the money gets exchanged I, is inconsequential in my mind. I don't think it'll take as long as you said. because yeah, it'll be fast. It doesn't make any sense. That's why it makes no sense. I, I wrote that this should happen 10 years ago. And when I wrote it, I thought it would not happen while I was working. And it happened in 10 years. Now, I also wrote at the same time, just don't worry about whether somebody pays somebody to sign because you're not going to be able to police it. So I think that will happen quicker than this. You know, I don't think it'll take 10 years to get to that point because I think people will just try. And the, the other piece of it is well, the NCAA does not seem all that interested in policing any of this stuff because the NCAA is, is kind of like a, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to describe because it just feels like they have retreated into a hole and I guess losing nine nothing in the Supreme Court will do that to you, but they don't seem that interesting. And honestly, I don't know if I would be if I were them either, because they don't have all the they means get to do it, that. man. Yeah. They don't have the they don't even have the ability to do it. Do you know how much resources that you need to track the the personal finances of uh, fifteen hundred high school kids in their yeah. their financial dealings? It's impossible. The FBI just, would it's be not, able to do it. It's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. And, and for what? So that the kid doesn't get paid when he's 17 rather than when he's 18 and then he's going to get paid anyway? And it's like, yeah. what, who the, who's the biggest fl- booster at the University of Florida? Uh, well, it, that's a good question. Uh, and it's like, maybe I don't mean named, to put you on the spot, but. No, you know, there, well, there's a guy named Gail Limeran who's given a lot of money. There's a guy named Bill Hevener who's given a lot of money. Uh, those are probably the. Bill Hevener is probably the biggest at the moment. Because like I like to think about like T Boone Pickens, yeah, or Les Wexner, the person who created yes. the limited brand. It's like those types of boosters are dangerous because they have more money than God, and like a hundred thousand dollars to them, they would walk by it on the sidewalk because they wouldn't want to bend over to pick it up. Yeah, it's, and it's like here. so. Yeah, you you put yourself into that position, and if those guys are wanting to play ball, this can get out of hand really quickly. Now I don't know that they would but, because but they're smart. It? But 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 can it? That's what if T Boone does that, doesn't that mean now Oklahoma State could could well obviously he can't because he's passed on. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but wouldn't that have meant Oklahoma State could have competed for national titles? I think that that would be where, where, that, whereas they well, that's can, the fear, simply I cannot think. right now. 
I think that that's the fear from fans right now that a single booster who's obsessed with their program can turn a program with his own pockets because how much money did T Boone when he was alive completely because I know Oklahoma State's facilities and stadium are all insane. And it's like if you can yeah. Yeah, and if you can take all those monies and resources and put it into the pocket of the people who are winning the games and do it in a very clever way in order to maintain yourself or, or within the rules, then the limit to how much money a person can make doesn't exist anymore, then things can go out of hand. And I don't know if that means like you think about how far somebody with that much money could go. And I'm not saying this could ever happen, but like let's just go down the fantasy lane here. But if th- you but had billions is, okay, of dollars, this is why they have those rules. Are this is you, you're you're talking yourself into the rules that you say shouldn't exist. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what could happen. Um, if somebody <laughs> well, I, wants, if, if somebody wants to pay that much money, this. that's their money. They can do whatever they want. I don't care what they could do. But like, could you imagine? What somebody could do, they could create fake companies. They could, do, you could do all sorts of things to, to, you know. I've created shell companies to pay shell companies, football players. Create shell Good companies Lord. to market and need marketing that you don't need to be profitable. Only right. to put them on Absolutely. their Instagrams. I mean, you could do all sorts of things. And I know that this is a little bit crazy, but I think that just that line between when when you can get paid and who can pay you and how much they can pay you is insane, and you can't police it. Let, That's the only point I'm trying move. to make. Let's move back from the less likely to the more likely. You know, you mentioned that this is not all going to be done in the influencer economy. Some of this is going to be done in the old school uh, promotional marketing space. You know what that means, Ari? We are going to get some amazing local TV commercials out of this. No, I can't wait. No, I know. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, the thing that I always wonder, Andy, is, you know, we do this for a living so that we're ultimately – more seasoned into recognizing people. But how many regular fans, let's just say you're a fan that makes a point to watch every single game. How many of those fans could recognize the faces of the players on their team? Like if they I think saw it's easier the, in basketball, it's easier in basketball and football. It's not. Um, and it's funny because you could like watch uh, a state farm commercial right now and it'll have Chris Paul in it. And if you watch every single one of these commercials, even super famous NBA players, there is always an identifier of who that person is for the audience. Oh, my God, you're Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns. Or, oh, my God, you're LeBron James. And it's like these guys are so famous that they don't need an introduction. So, like, I've always thought to myself, like, if you are, like, the left tackle of the Missouri Tigers and you're doing a a commercial in St. Louis, are people even going to know who some of these people are? you got to have the Chiron. That's remember they they would used to in the old like the Miller Lite commercials would have Bob Euchre baseball announcer like yeah yeah you have to have the the thing at the bottom to identify who they are and it's just like I was in a community filled with people who were obsessed with the football team but I don't know if they could figure out who the left or the the backup safety was right, if, even if in Thayer Munford walked into walked, anywhere in Columbus how many people would know who he was yeah like I would know who he was but like I don't think the casual fan would know who he was. I mean, yeah. I remember the first football practices after a, uh, um, a summer of, of fall camp would, would come around and half the team would run out and people on, who cover the team didn't know who these people were. So it'll be interesting to see like how marketable certain players are. And it's like, is it going to pay to be certain positions? Like if you're a skill position player, you're far more marketable than if you are a lineman. And that's going to suck because the people who take I, the biggest beatings I think it's going to pay to be entertaining though. Like – if you're entertaining, because that's how you would build the social media following and all that stuff. Right. Those people will be more marketable. 
And it may not be the people who are the best at the sport. But how many offensive linemen do you see in cell phone commercials? It's like, hi, I'm Orlando Pace from the St. Louis Rams. How many quarterbacks do you see in cell phone commercials? A lot. How many quarter? Other than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, like what other Drew Brees? Yeah. Who else? Who else are we seeing in national television commercials? NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Does I mean, Josh Allen right. have a commercial? Does Lamar? I guess not. No, you're right. I mean that, and this is this I mean, is maybe the part, maybe in Baltimore. I had a conversation with a with an NF or with a, a pro football agent when all this was starting, when the states had begun to start passing state laws, and it was enlightening because this agent says, "Look, my players that I represent are competing against movie stars and TV stars and people with number one records for promotional dollars." Do you think somebody's going to take a college football player over that? Yeah. No, you're right. They're not. But they might. It just might. It's like funny because you could actually talk yourself into the idea that a car commercial in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is better than a Texas commercial in Austin. Or like you might have a I mean, more. It, it, you might. You it might depends be on, more. Because. You might be more like likely to a secure it. Yeah. If you're a, if a, the, a college player in Tuscaloosa than you would be in Austin. It's the old now here's the question can you can you do a swap like that if you're in local radio you have a car dealer that sponsors your show and the hosts drive a lease from that dealer that they don't pay for can you do that with a college football player where that that person like the, we're the Chevy dealership in town we've got the starting offensive line and every one of them gets a Silverado can you do that I mean, it's no different than the local radio spot or the local radio trade. They become they then become a rolling advertisement for you, especially That's if right. you got it wrapped or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like it is funny though you're, that you uh, said this because I went and looked it up. But like Baker Mayfield's in commercials. That's true. Baker Mayfield. You know, ba- Why is Baker Mayfield in more commercials than quarterbacks? Because he's got an eccentric personality. Because he's interesting and he's funny. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. I just like, it just seems funny to me. It's like our kids in freshman year of high school now going to want to play different positions because those positions tend to be more marketable. Ari, I don't know I, how to break this to you, but I was an offensive lineman. You I couldn't play receiver. <laughs> I didn't start out wanting to be an offensive lineman. I wanted to be a quarterback. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a quarterback or a running or the guy who scores touchdowns, the running back. Or, it, it, you know, some people have a different mentality and want to be the defensive end who sacks the quarterback. But yeah, everybody wants to be the star usually. And then they figure out that they're probably not suited for it. The funniest thing too, is that offensive linemen are awesome to talk to. I found in my career that offensive linemen have the best personalities, best looking. They've got the manliest bodies. Yeah. I I mean like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. You could use like, yeah, yeah. You could a shampoo commercial with a six foot six, 310 pound man is probably a more, you know, I don't know. It'll be it'll be very I'm curious to see how it all pans out because you're right. And and there's only so much screen time and there's only so many trucks that you can give out and there's only so much money. Um it will be yeah, interesting. That, that's to the see. part I keep saying is money doesn't grow on trees. The everybody who talks about this assumes an unlimited amount of money. There simply isn't. People will make the same decisions that they make, like, you know, when when the athletic decides what our salaries should be. When you know, listeners at home, when your 
employer decides what your salary should be versus what they could give you or what they wouldn't give you. Like everybody makes these decisions every day. It will not be that different. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are living a different life now, Ari, and we, we, we've got to talk about this because for those who, who have not heard, Ari has essentially dove headlong into the pool of adulthood, and I don't know if, it's, if he's diving from a 10-meter platform into the shallow end. I think that might be a, the, an apt description. So Ari is doing, and he's already done, he's already done one, and he's about to do two more. Buy first house, get married, have baby. All of these are happening. Will will once once they all have happened, they will have happened within one year of you know one three hundred sixty five day period. That's a lot of adulting all at once. And Ari is learning how to adult. And he grew up in Arizona, <laughs> so he never had to mow the lawn as a kid. He mowed the lawn for the first time two weeks ago. Ari, how did it go? It was miserable. It was it was truly and utterly miserable. And Why? I think part of the reason you showed well, the me reason the lawn before you did it. It was not a big lawn. It's not that the, the lawn was big, but we had owned the house for about a month uh, before I started doing it, and the grass was very long. And I bought an electric mower, so the grass was too long, and it kept stopping the engine of the motor. Uh, well, because it was I, I hate out to break of hand. It to you. Would have done that with a gas-powered mower, too. Right. So I had to keep starting it up again and emptying the thing, uh, the, the clippings, and then starting. So, like, the first time I did it was truly miserable, and it was also the most humid day I think I've ever experienced outside of South Florida. Um, so I picked the really terrible day to start. But then I did it a second time, and the second time was far easier than the first because I did it when it was a manageable length. Now, the one thing I need to understand, and I, I posted a funny video on Twitter of me just finishing up. And everybody's like, "You bag your 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 grass clippings, yes. you idiot!" You I said this before them? your first time. Like, like why would like, you well, bag where do you, them? Where do you? Yeah, you're like, where do you throw your clippings? I'm like, I don't. I mulch them. Like, I just put it on the mulch setting and let it go. Yeah, I think I, the next time I mow my lawn, I'm going to do the mulch setting. But like, the thing I don't want is I have three or four full bags of clippings on the side of my house right now, like big industrial sized. Yeah. Um, when's your yard trash bags. day? I don't even know the answer to that yet. I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. I, I I put the clippings the first time into bulk trash and they came and took it. And then this time I'm like tempted to put it in the back of my car and throw it in a public dumpster behind a gas station somewhere. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm like I'm dumping Listen, evidence part, from a murder part case. Part of what you pay every month when, yeah. when you know whatever they take out of your escrow, 
Part of that is for garbage removal. Part of yeah. that is for yard trash removal. You just need to figure out what the policy is because like yeah. where I live, yard trash, like clippings, leaves, that sort of thing, has to be in a certain type of bag, which they sell at all the hardware stores. And so you got to figure out, or you can put it in a can. Like you can have a can that is at your can of yard trash. And so the, the folks know to grab that one for the yard trash. But yeah, you can do it. You just figure out, does yard trash collect on the same day as, as trash and recycling? Is it a different day? But yes, I guarantee it is part of the money that you are paying yeah. out of your escrow. You are already paying for that service. You should use it. Yeah. I. Uh, so I'm going to try to put the mulching thing on, on it. So I uh, have it on, on the yard. They say it's good for your yard. I didn't know that. I just know that I let my dog out into the back to go to the bathroom and I just don't want the dog to come back into the house covered in grass. It seems like you it would be rugs. a. Ri- this dog like rolls around. I don't know. I just don't want. I just. It seems to me like it's a lot of stuff all over the place. And the whole point of doing your yard work is to make sh- stuff look clean. So okay. So you do you have hardwood floors or tile? I have tile and carpet and hardwood. Are you so you're you're sweeping the the tile and yeah. the hardwood? And I did I did just buy a room traffic right. I did buy oh. a Roomba, which has changed about? my life. Yeah. It was the greatest thing I've ever bought in my entire life. Yeah. No, I'm going to try it because I think, I don't want to like spoil the random ranking we're doing, but we're doing five worst household chores that we have to do. And that is going to lead into this. So I, I think I did okay the second time. It still looks like I went into 19 different directions. There's no symmetry. You know, sometimes you see a man who's been really, really good at mowing his lawn, have the, the, our, the our lines back Adam and Kramer, forth. Kegs and eggs on Twitter. Yeah. He posts some beautiful, beautiful lawn pattern photos. Like that yeah. man is an artist. My lawn pattern looks like uh, Edward Scissorhands did it. But it, uh, you know, we're getting there. The whole, the whole point of it, I guess, is to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. I think it looks good. I think I did okay, but the first day I did it, I was truly miserable because it was so Dude. hot. I didn't know what I was doing. The lawnmower kept stopping. I had to keep dump, and like I would dump the the bag from the back of the lawnmower into the trash bag and miss, and all the clippings would go all over the ground. And I have to clip. It was just <laughs> did you did you it, have to clear out the because sometimes you know uh, really tall grass will just hold moisture like crazy. Did you have to clear? the clumps of grass away from the blade yes. before you could get started. Oh, that's never yes. fun. Or like I had to now, hold it up and you. shake it. It was just, it wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. There are people who enjoy it, and I think you're crazy if you enjoy it. I'm one of those people. I enjoy it. I know, it. We, but people say that I will a lawn grow service. enjoy it. We paid a lawn service when we first moved into this house. That didn't last very long because we were like, why? Because I, I was doing daily radio, and I had you know three jobs at the time, and I just did, didn't have a ton of time. But we, I would watch them do it, and I'm like, one day I went to my wife, we can't do this. We have to mow our own lawn. Come on. We're, we don't have a big enough yard to justify this. And yeah, so well, it's we like 25 and, bucks a time. So over time, it does add up. It's more It's more than that. So Well, just um, for mowing, I mean. But like, I still have to hire a service to do landscaping because I think mowing your lawn and landscaping are two very different things. You can't do your own landscaping. You think I'm going to be shoveling fertilizer? Come on, dude. Like, I mean, there's a certain Wait, level of like... No, oh, no, 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 no. No, okay. Like now, planting actually, trees gonna, and flowers. We are, are going to cancel that service. We are going <laughs> to cancel that service because we are going to start fertilizing our own lawn and, and doing that. We, but th- that's also the pest control service. So, I mean, that's that's part of our pest control. 
Like they also you know, fertilize. Some people have beautiful lawns with beautiful patterns and flowers and gravel in the right spots and weeds and all like that stuff. You, and it looks you like and your, you and your betrothed don't go to Home Depot and, and traipse around the garden department and decide what's your flower. We've vegetable bought look like? indoor plants and some outdoor plants, but neither of us are in a position to to do our entire lawn like that. Because it's like there's rocks. I'll show you one day, but there's like rocks. There's certain areas like for plants and stuff, and it's just it's a whole thing. Like I think I'm meeting people halfway here by by doing the lawn, and then you, you know I, I grab some weeds. I got a weed whacker, so I hit the weeds. Okay, on the side that of the was my next question. Do you have yeah. an edger and a trimmer? Now you said you have an electric lawnmower. I do. Did you get a weed whacker that takes the same battery yes. as your lawnmower? Good. Yes. Okay. And and for those purists who are like you got to do, I got to have a four stroke. Trimmer. Everybody's no, making don't. fun of me for having a gas for not getting gas. No, like, the new electric man? stuff is fantastic it works really well especially if you have a small lawn you don't you don't if you, yeah if you have a huge lawn you should have gas powered everything but if you got a small lawn the electric stuff's great now do you have an edger attachment for your for your weed whacker oh i don't know what that means man i i have the thing that it's just wires like wires that spin yes okay an edger has a metal blade that goes down into the side like between the sidewalk and the lawn I it don't cuts have a that. nice sharp edge. That's your next purchase. Now, good thing you don't need an individual edger. Like when I was a kid, we had an edger, and then we had a weed whacker, and then we had a lawnmower. What's the point now, of that? Now, a lot of what, having a nice, beautiful edge on your lawn. You don't want a sloppy edge. I have, I have like a fence. sloppy edge. Okay, but what about the front lawn? I guess I could do an edge. I mean, there's a sidewalk. You guess well. Yes, there's a sidewalk. Do you want your grass like coming over the sidewalk like a kid? Who I has don't. No, I just I whacked it. That's what the weed whacker's for. It now you can turn your weed whacker the other direction, turn it up and and use it as an edger. That's what but I it's did. Less yeah. precise. Okay, but it's, you okay. can do that. But it's less precise than having the edger. It just one of these gift giving occasions for your birthday or something. Somebody will get you an edger attachment. It'll be good. You'll like it. Yeah, I used to like new shoes or something golf clubs i guess i can ask for an edger you you need wrenches and pliers and all this good stuff i bought on prime day a really good drill oh my good. friend sent it to me that i got a really good question. drill yeah with the with the allen wrench stuff and all that stuff i got a black and decker drill so I'm, I'm a man now um, <laughs> and you you'll be shocked at how much you actually use that and, and it's great i remember the first time i got a drill when, when i had my first house and i was like I don't know how to use any of this stuff. I'm never going to use it. And all of a sudden, you're, you're just finding reasons to use it. You're like, hey, can I drill a hole in this? Great. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a nice drill, and it has all the the different, what is it, bits? Is that what they're called on the end? Yeah, those are bits, yes. And drill you'll be bits. lots of pilot holes in case you have to put in, uh, you know, if you screw things into walls and, and you know, probably pilot holes for anchors if you're going into drywall, but you don't yeah. have stud. I mean, you're you're now becoming a man, Ari, and I, I'm I'm glad. You want to hear this. something funny though? We so we're putting together the nursery stuff because the baby's due here in about three months, and we bought this wallpaper. This like so my fiance never Brit, used wallpaper. She no, she's on Instagram looking at all these uh, pictures of nurseries, you know, and she wants this nursery to look amazing, and I do too. You just mentioned wallpaper, by the way, and I'm now redoing my top five worst chores. Well, we aren't going to put the wallpaper up on our own because that would be insanity. But we hired, not, or we had somebody come over. I'm talking about. 
before we did the wallpaper uh, to give us a quote on what it would be like to to put it up for us. And this person came over and had a full fledged meltdown of like that's sticking and she and Britt bought this thing from Australia. I don't even know where she found this stuff, but it's a really beautiful print. And can, can I, I guess can we I, have, can I make another suggestion? Yeah, send it back to Crocodile Dundee right now and paint paint the room. Well, it's a really really cool thing. I'll send it to you. It's like okay. if it were if it looks like it looks it like better in the be. picture. I mean this this stuff was like five hundred dollars. This this wallpaper, so it better be. But the person who came over that we were going to pay to install it was like tapped out. Was like, I can't do this. Uh, this is a stick and, and push, and you have textured walls, and it's going to fall apart. And it's just like, whoa, lady, it's just wallpaper. Paint so the walls. No, the, you, I could no, but we couldn't paint like this. It's like you really don't pretty. have to hire someone else to paint them. We're going to hire somebody. If you to, don't want to paint to them yourselves. The, we're going to hire somebody to lay the wallpaper. Hire someone else to paint them. Don't skimp on the paint. Get the best stuff Sherwin-Williams makes. That way they'll do less coats. It'll be more expensive. You'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe paint costs that much. But get the most expensive because it will it will roll on and look beautiful and you actually will end up using less. I'm telling you now, please, for the love of all that is holy, paint the walls. <laughs> I'm going to keep you posted on this because it's the next. Uh, what I'm coming to find out is that nothing is easy. Nothing is cheap and nothing is easy. It's just like, okay, we Paint bought this perfect wall. We took walls. the dimension of the of the wallpaper to fit the exact dimensions of the wall. Now we just have to have somebody put them on and just like, well, you know, our walls are textured, so that means that it won't stick the right way. And now we have to like but, flatten but, the it just like But you know what'll look great on textured walls? Paint. Paint. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna send it to you. Right I don't in. have it in. I don't have it in front of me on Instagram, but I'm gonna send you the vision, and then you'll you'll understand why. Because you could do two tone, you could do stripes, you could do all kinds of cool stuff. You're gonna you, paint stripes? That sounds awful. You're not gonna paint it. We've we've established we don't want. I know, but you how's that any different than me hiring somebody to put the wallpaper up nicely? Wait until my wait until our ranking, and you'll understand. Okay, let's get but to like, it. But like my my wife. I would trust to paint because she has painted a bunch of rooms in our houses and she's great at it. Me, I wouldn't trust to paint anything. So I would hire somebody. And if you've got somebody you trust, they'll give you a fairly reasonable price to paint one interior room, especially if it's not tall or, you know, it, it trust me. But it's like a whole <laughs> nice pattern of like clouds and the moon and stuff. It's like a really nice. I got you. Okay. Well, here, it, here you go. It's not All something right. that you could just paint. Yeah. No, it's not something you just paint. There's a reason for that. But we'll get to that when we get okay. a little higher up in the ranking. All right. Top five worst chores. Ari, what is your number five? So I don't know if this is if you're going to laugh at this one. And I, I, I just wanted to put it on the list because I wanted people to know how miserable it was for me. So before we moved in this new house, we had a three-story condo. And we had to replace the air filters in that, you know, every few months. And in mm -hmm. most people's houses, replacing the air filter is the best, easiest thing to do. You just got to go buy easy. the thing. Mine, you just, pop you just thing slide off, it in, it you pop it in. and then, yeah. yeah. Well, the other one at our old place was in the attic. And you had to go up a small wooden ladder into this attic where I could barely fit and replace it up there. And I, it like the ladder felt like it was going to fall and disintegrate every time I got on it. And that was one of the worst things I've ever had to do every three months. I would have anxiety thinking about having to do it. And now in the new place, it's easy, but I needed to replacing the air filter is number five on my list. Because if you're in the wrong setup, that is the worst chore in the world, especially if you're a bigger guy like me. Yeah. I, I didn't put this on my list, but 
going into the attic, I, my old house, I had to go into the attic twice to hang chandeliers, and that was miserable. Yeah, not, I mean, yours are not you're, chandel- you're, you know, light, just light fixtures that they have to go in a certain way. And yeah, you had to go up in the attic to do it, and it was awful. So I'm with you. Number five for me are, is weeding. I hate weeding so much, like physically getting down there and pulling weeds because it's it kills your back. And there's all like you, you'll think you got everything, and you'll look and you'll find five more, and it's just miserable. And if you don't get them all, then they're going to come back even faster. And I know everybody's saying use Roundup, use Roundup. Okay, I'll use Roundup if it's not too near the grass, but I ain't killing the grass. So if if it's near the grass, I just got to do it by hand. And and I got to say, when the kids get older, Ari, that's the what's one of the jobs you you sick them on. Real how's early. how's the effectiveness of Roundup? Very effective. It it kills, but the problem is it kills. So if you if you're gonna hit your grass with it, you're gonna kill your grass too. So the weed disintegrates after you do it, though. It dies. Yeah. And then yeah, what so happens? if you got so weeds you coming out of rocks, still? or you got them coming out of yeah, yeah get weeds coming out, out of rocks rock. or wood chips or whatever. Yeah, spray some Roundup. They'll die. Okay, that's so, good to know because I have some weeds coming <laughs> out of rocks. <laughs> what is number four for you? Anything that requires a ladder, like dusting the top of a fan, or um, we have some pretty high ceilings in this new house where there's a spider web, mm-hmm. and I had to like figure out how to get a ladder into the place and go up the ladder and kill the spider web. Mm-hmm. Anything that requires a ladder is miserable, and I hate it. You didn't have a broom? You couldn't just... It's really tall, Clear Andy. the spider web with a broom? The, the, the ceilings are like 20 feet high. It's a very, wow. very tall ceiling. Yeah. Bougie. And like we have like skylight windows at the top of it where spiders mm-hmm. like to congregate. And I had to get my big ass up on a ladder and try to figure out how to remedy this. And by the way, ladders are $300, by the way. Did you know that? Well, yeah. Do you want nice you ladders? Your big ass. Do you, do you yeah, want no, a ladder I know. that can support your big ass or do you is want one that's going to fall? Is anything 60 bucks? Is anything $80 or does everything have to be 500 It's insanity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Half a gallon of that paint I was talking about is like 70 bucks. Actually, I think a gallon's like 70 bucks. Just like around the house stuff is just so expensive, and I hate buying all of it. Thankfully, we didn't have to buy the ladder. I don't ever, I'm never buying a $500 ladder. I'll, I'll jump downstairs before you I have do a that. 20. If you have a 20 foot ceiling, you will absolutely buy a $500 ladder. I can tell you that right now. We're going to have to figure something out because this, this isn't working for me. It's going to happen. All right. Number four for me, cleaning gutters. Now, I've got the, the gutters now that have the, the top on them and the, the water sluices through, and it's a little bit easier. But still, that is a get-up-on-a-ladder kind of job. And the, the, the thing I hate about it is you get up on a ladder, and you do the thing, and then you go and you move the ladder a few feet, and you do it again and move the ladder a few It's just repetitive, annoying, and gross. Yeah, you have big. You've got big boy chores. Mine are. I'm still trying to like. You're live. gonna have all these. Yeah. I've been where you are. Okay, okay. So, because my number three is bleaching the shower, and I don't know what your shower is like, but yeah, we, we have every, white every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. We we have um, white tiles in our shower, mm-hmm. um, and you know how the soap scum gets down there, and of course. So I had to do this like at our old place, and I'm going to be in charge of doing it here. But I'm not very good with bleach, and I had to bleach our ta- – like, I had to, like, sit there with a toothbrush and scrub each individual grout to get the yellow. And that's, wow. like, you know how how quickly Daring. that can happen. And it happens very, very quickly. 
And it's like, we're super clean people. Our our place is clean. If you met Britt, you would know she's you, very on top of it. You can't just leave the bleach and let it soak. And, and well, I don't know. Whatever I did was the wrong thing because I actually got some of my foot. And then I started walking around and I stepped on some bleach somehow. Oh, no. And then I stepped on Did you the, bleach your own carpet? I bleached my... A uh, bath rug and another rug that we had, and oh, at least she's it like, "You got carpet? Thank God, it yeah, was well, a rug you can throw away." Yeah, but she she just goes, "Is there anything that you could do without making everything else worse?" And I just said, "Listen, lady, you you chose me. This is this is your this is your mess up, not mine." That's a t shirt right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like it just like nothing with my in my life is easy. It will be. It gets easier. I promise. I so. All right, number three I for me so. is replace a broken sprinkler head. Not put in the whole system. I have I have put in an entire sprinkler system before in August in Florida. I don't recommend that to anyone. It really sucks. But just the because replacing a, bro, a broken sprinkler head is such a simple task when you think about it. You're unscrewing something and then you're screwing it back down. But inevitably, you will have to dig deeper than you think. The hole will get muddy, and then you have to wait for the hole to dry out, and then inevitably one of the little pieces will break off and then you have to get the you have to get the glue i don't even know what it's called it's that purple stuff and it's not pipe dope i know that but you have to get that and then you have to you have to make sure you 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 fix that part of it then put the adapter back on then screw the sprinkler head in and then adjust it while it you know the hole fills up with mud again so it's just a pain for something that the actual action of the project really takes eight seconds there's so much pain in the butt around it i will never do that you will we have sprinklers my idea is to get rid of the sprinkler system put a pool back there and turf the whole house it's not a terrible idea isn't it just crazy what we're doing in the backyard so how much how much being rich just alleviates if you like rich people just don't have to do this stuff, and like their lives are just so much better. Than I don't ours. know. I heard. I heard they had mo problems, not less problems. So yeah, mo money, mo problems. I don't know. It just seems to me it's just like if you had a bunch of cash, I, who are these people paying recruits? Don't pay a recruit. Put <laughs> you gotta buy five hundred dollar ladders. <laughs> yeah, these people are like, don't you buy these ladders? And you have to buy Roundup, which is probably eight. eight what is it? Eighty bucks per gallon of Roundup? No, Roundup it's is like, not that like, expensive. Roundup is. I'm, I'm is not reasonable. paying a recruit. I'm I'm putting astroturf in my backyard. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, everybody's right. got their own. What priorities. is your number two? My number two is a newfound awfulness, and that is bagging long clippings. Yeah, you're not gonna have to do that much longer. Now you mentioned. So, do you have do you have oak trees or something? You're, you might have to bag leaves later. Yeah, maybe leaves, but we we have one nice tree in the front, but our backyard's just grass. Oh, right you're now. good. Yeah, this is, and, you, and you won't have to bag long clippings much longer. That yeah, because that's, I, that's I, and everything like everybody else is like just pour the, the the stuff into the bag. Well, it's like when I do it, it's always harder than it should be, and half the clippings land up on the yard, and then they're on my shoes and my feet. I've got to take the gloves and put them in the bag, and it's hot outside, and I'm dripping sweat, and it's it just. I would rather just be like laying watching baseball. Like, I don't know why people enjoy this stuff. Because it's mindless. You get out in the uh, outside watching baseball. and you're moving around and it's completely mindless. And it's great. Yeah. But you haven't done it before. Everything is hard when you haven't done it before. Yeah. When you've done it a bunch of times, it's easy. So, you know, the, the first time I mowed a lawn when I was 12, 
it was pretty difficult. When I was 12. <laughs> was that a thing? <laughs> but by the time I was in high school, it was pretty easy. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's I'm hoping that with things. repetition will become uh, more ease, but it, it was just, it's just hard and not right, enjoyable. So number two got flown in emergency style when you started talking about wall. Like when, when you mentioned wallpaper, a certain part of my anatomy puckered, like just, when we moved into our first house they had wallpaper in the kitchen and they had wallpaper in both bathrooms and i had to remove all of that wallpaper removing wallpaper is my number two ari removing wallpaper sucks and you can like you get the spray bottle and you spray it down and you get the little putty knife thing and you get under it it doesn't matter. You'll get a couple nice big pieces, and that's really satisfying to rip those off. Oh, I know. I can but only imagine. these yeah. little tiny bits that will not let go, and you have to scrape them. Taking the sticker off of anything, yeah. Yes. No, imagine taking but the on sticker the side off of an entire room. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and guess what? Your kid will get older and want a different wall, and you'll have to take that off. That's true. Yeah. You no, send no, that back to you send that back to Yahoo Sirius right now, and tell them keep your wallpaper, crazy Australian. We don't need it here. I think it's so funny and it's so on brand for my fiance to buy something from Australia. Um, this thing came in an interna- international uh, shipping box. Um, okay, my number one might sound stupid, but putting a down comforter into a duvet is the. <laughs> Worst possible thing a person this can do. Ari number one, I can imagine. I've done it before. It's it's actually somewhat frustrating, but I would never think to put it on this list. Somewhat frustrating? It took me a freaking hour. Somewhat frustrating is like I stub my toe and the pain goes away in 30 seconds. I almost started crying. And here's the funniest thing, and I didn't tell Britt this, and if she listens to this, she's gonna I'm gonna out myself, but I had, so she had a friend come visit us over the week, uh, weekend. And I, my job was to get the guest room all clean, bed made, everything during the day. So that in- included washing in the sheets and redoing the bed. I took the duvet cover with the down comforter in it and put the whole thing into the washing machine. What? Which was, yeah, because I, for how whatever reason. How long did reason, it take to get out of balance? How, lo- how long did it take before you heard ding dong, ding dong, ding dong? I was in another room, so I wasn't I wasn't even paying attention. And it looked when it was over with, it looked like Big Bird got shot in my living room. There were flowers, or I mean uh there were feathers. there were um feathers everywhere, which is what caused me to get the Roomba and I bought the Dyson handheld vacuum, which is super wow. nice. Um and, and also then I expensive, had to take, just like everything yeah, else. Very expensive. Yeah, but I feel like with a baby that's gonna be something that makes a lot of sense. And my fiance has a love affair with handheld vacuums, so I thought it was a nice little gift. But so I finally realized it, and then I took the duvet out of or the the comforter out of the duvet, and then I drew I dried both of them, and then you know I salvaged it a little bit by spending an hour and a half cleaning up all the feathers that flew everywhere, and then there were no you know a lot of duvets have on the corners of the duvet like a little tie right where you can right weave yeah. it through and tie it. This duvet for whatever reason doesn't have that. There's no ties. So I had so to could, get the duvet into the. You had a corner in a corner. And yeah, it had to be held at all times and doing it by yourself. Oh. 
it was like one of those things. It's like, I'm never going to be able to do this. And after an hour and a half, I was sweating. My shirt was off. I had the fans going and I finally got it and it smells amazing. And, but like, I just like, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's like, and I was you thinking know, about this whole time. I would I wish like, this oh, video on everybody. I want, I dude, want it was video a disaster. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how much of a disaster this whole thing was. And you would think, oh, just cleaning up a, a small guest room for, for a, a visitor is going to take what, like an hour total to just get everything nice. It took me all afternoon. And I was like at the edge of breaking down as a man. And I just, Oh, I don't think I you would, were at and the then edge. I think you were thinking, well over it. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about your stupid video that you sent about, complete this task in the morning and then you're and I was just like I would rather never complete a task for the rest of my life than to do this it, it took me craven. forever and I was cleaning but the there was it's carpet and there was like I had to get the vacuum and I had to get this in there and put the sheets on a bed and it was just like <laughs> honestly some of the worst hours and this is during a work week I had a story due there's feathers flying all over the place <laughs> <laughs> it was just awful. And then when Britt comes home, she looks at me and she goes, why are there feathers everywhere? <laughs> and at you're that a, point, you're like a walking sitcom. It's amazing. Yeah, like no, you and, are I, a, and I almost said to her, you I are just the said sitcom dad, Ari. Yeah, no, I, it's even worse than Dude, the sitcom dad. Cause I've I can't seen do a picture anything of, right. of your future wife. Like you are the sitcom dad. Like yeah, you are Kevin like, James yeah. in real life. Yeah. I was going to say, we're, <laughs> this is king of queen stuff happening in this house, but Brittany is far sweeter than, uh, than Leah Remini uh, was in King of Queens. But by the way, Leah Remini Stacey was like Carosi my all-time from favorite, by the Bell. All-time crush from childhood. I loved Carrie uh, Heffernan. So it's kind of funny that my life turned out that way. But it's just like, it's unbelievable because things that should be easy are always harder for me. And I just don't know if it's just lack of attention or trying to get things done too fast or skipping steps or whatever. But... I almost just said, she goes, why are there, and this is, mind you, after an hour and a half of vacuuming up everything, the first thing she noticed when she came home is, why are there feathers everywhere? And I had to tell her, well, I, I watched a video and I, I saw on YouTube that you could wash the down comforter the right way. And I did that. And I like, I saved myself a little bit, but I almost just said, listen, lady, I'm not getting married. Just take the kid. I'll, I'll send you a check every month. I'll live in squalor for the rest of my life. I just don't want to do this stuff anymore. Just no duvet covers, please. No, it's the worst thing. Ari, you can handle a duvet cover, I promise. No, I did. It just took three hours when I had you a story. will not let the duvet cover defeat you. All right, my number one, not nearly as interesting as Ari's. My number one is folding kid laundry. Folding laundry doesn't bother me. I folded laundry my whole life. Folding kid laundry is awful. My daughter goes through more wardrobe changes in a day than Cher does in a concert. So... It's just these little tiny clothes, and my son, you know, it's just little tiny. Now, it's getting better as they get older because the clothes are getting bigger. But, like, when they were five, six, tiny, tiny clothes that you just have to fold in these little minute patterns. Like, it got to the point where my wife and I were fighting over folding the load of towels because those were big things that you could just fold into rectangles. So, I think this one will go down the list as I get older because, well, they'll start they'll they've already started folding their own laundry but folding kid laundry when you're tired and it's been a long day but you know you got to get this stuff done ugh. okay so almost I was well gonna, it's 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 only slightly worse than than stripping wallpaper i was gonna put this on my list but i didn't because i wasn't sure i was allowed to say it but now it's just kind of like in whatever mode uh, do you have to do your wife's laundry 
Oh yeah, I I do okay. whatever laundry's there. So okay, so how's folding her laundry? Do you enjoy Easy. that? I don't enjoy folding laundry at all. No, it's just I know, something like, I have to do. When I do Brit's laundry, I don't know how to fold this stuff. I do because there's all I watched- sorts of things. There's all sorts of things in there. We got workout uh, yoga pants. Yeah, we've uh-huh. got certain types of underwear. Uh, yoga we pants have are socks. Easy. Um, yeah. It's just like she has such a wildly insane wardrobe, and like she's the most. The thing that I'm most attracted about her is how well she puts herself together and how she looks amazing every day, no matter what. Um, but like the certain essential pieces of these wardrobe, better it's like score putting some points together- after that duvet cover thing. Yeah, no, I know. I, I don't. If she, if she's listening. I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this, but like, I don't know how to fold underwear, like female underwear. I don't know how to fold certain types of accessories, like Ari, spaghetti straps go to, that go underneath. Go to her drawers, look at her clean stuff, and see how it's folded, and do that. And I just don't know how to even organize them because there's different types. I, I I don't want to go. It, it's just a little bit much. But you're, I you're like, an intelligent person. You folding you her laundry is tough. Yeah, I realize they don't teach classes on this at the University of Arizona, but <laughs> you are a college graduate. You can figure this out. I promise. Just yeah. go and look at how she has it, and copy that. Yeah, Fake no, it the, until the, you make it. The hardest part too is that she's a very organized person, and everything has to be done. Like we have labels in our pantry. Like in bins and say like rice and salt. And oh, we like, do too. So like my, everything my is wife like did that project here. last year. It was it, so it like was, it's a revelation. I think I just put a lot of a lot of pressure on myself too because I want everything to be done perfect for her because she works very hard and I want things to be done the right way. And then inevitably things are they're done, but they're done in the most non efficient, crazy way possible. When she gets home and just like, what the hell did I just walk into? And it's just like, this is life, babe. Welcome to the, welcome to the show. You know, we're gonna we're gonna what no. Yeah, I, I'm not going to give away exactly where you guys live. I'm just going to pick a random Dallas suburb. We're, we're going to just pitch this TV show called King of Grand Prairie because it needs to happen. This is I, I didn't think I always thought that was an exaggeration. And you got that new show on on AMC, the the Kevin can f himself, where the sitcom wife like every time the husband leaves the screen, it goes to single camera and it becomes a drama. Like now, I'm worried that that's Brit. When she leaves you, like when, and as soon as she walks in the room with you, it's like four cameras and every there's a laugh track. And <laughs> I, I hope I don't know what you're talking about, but I hope she's happy. Uh, I try my best to be a good, loving, supportive partner. I just like am have been thrust into doing things that I've never done before, and I'm expected to do it. And like like everybody else would, every husband is expected to do chores and to you know do things the most uh, efficient way possible. And it's just not my strong suit. So. I hope that in two or three years when we're doing this podcast, I'll be telling you, I put in a sprinkler system and I painted our fence and I did all the weeds and everything in this house is immaculate because I did it with my bare hands like a man would. But like, I'm just trying to be half of a man right now. I'm just trying to get through, through the, and then once this baby comes, Lord knows, you know, we got diaper disposal, we've got washing of bottles, uh, you know, all the things that are going to have to come into play when it comes to just being sanitary with an infant, you know, the, I'm, I'm just trying to get past what square one, which is putting a duvet cover on a bed for God's sakes. And it's just like, maybe well, this is an Ari problem, but it's a problem. We, we got to come up with the, uh, I remember I said on Twitter that we had to come up with a bet. We have the stakes for the bet where if the new playoff doesn't start by 2023, what do I have to do? Do I have to eat a shoe or eat a hat or whatever it is? And there were no stakes for you 
because you weren't the one making the bet. I'm the one saying they'll start by 2023 because how, why would they tell us this without planning on starting it as soon as possible? But now I think we might have to put some stakes in for you. Like if they don't start the playoff by 2023, even whether you believe this or not, I, I just might want to do this. We're, we're going to make you put a, <laughs> a comforter in a duvet cover. Yeah. I mean, live on the podcast. But I, I wanted to ask you this before. I know we're running long because we always do because I think we like each other. But do you think that eating a 10 piece nugget is easier or harder than a Waffle House waffle? Mm. Like which one's more? I think they're probably pretty close. Although the Waffle House waffle will expand in your stomach. But as as we learned with my Chick-fil-A challenge, and the Chick-fil-A nuggets are not super breaded. Like there there aren't a ton of breading on on those to to blow up in your stomach, but there's enough. So I'd say it's probably probably fairly close. The the waffle is probably still a little more filling just because there's so much air in it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I sometimes think like if somebody told me to do the Waffle House challenge at McDonald's, but with filet fish sandwiches, I think I'd be out of there in three hours. So you, okay, three hours. That would or require four hours. you to eat 20 fillet, 20 th- 21 filet fish sandwiches in three hours. Seven per th- hour. Maybe I think yeah, you no, could get the first seven down. I think I could get yeah, the first do, seven down, yeah. I think you get seven in an hour, and then I think you wouldn't eat again for four or five hours. And you wouldn't want to eat again for four or five days. They're very small, uh, but that's just a lot. You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like what thing I really like to do to do the Waffle House challenge in. Nothing's that pleasant. It's, it's not filet o fish might be anything. do it. But yeah, yeah. No, do you think you could do the fa- the fun. Waffle House challenge? I think it would take me a while. I think it'd probably be there ten to twelve hours. Because because I could knock that first six out early pretty quick. And then I just sit there because I wouldn't, I would not feel like eating for a long, long time. So <laughs> that's a that's, really sadistic thing. 24 hours and one waffle takes off one hour and you can't leave till you get to 24. It's absolutely brilliant. We, we, we need some listeners to come up with some, that, some of that stuff for us because we got football season rapidly approaching. And now that we can move around the country a little better, we can come up with some fun stuff to uh, to pay off some of our bets. So let's 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 use our imaginations, listeners. You know how to find us. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.